I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to Burf Barf. Hi, guys. We don't have anything to talk about that is specifically related to any races or training. So, we're going to do a special thing here. <laughs> Turn us off now. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are going to completely... This is actually a home improvement podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about... Um, a topic which is very off character for us, so hopefully we don't fuck this up. <laughs> is it? <laughs> to have a specific topic? Oh, yeah. yeah that's true. We haven't yeah, yeah. done that since the early, early days. But um, today, we're going to talk about self-acceptance... And uh, burnout, which I think that a, a lot of us have are, feel at this time of the season. For sure. And um, this season being the end of winter-ish, uh, and also being probably the longest most people have got, uh, the, the longest span of time that people haven't done a race, mm-hmm, because you think mm-hmm. most people have done, like, maybe a late fall race and are prepping for a spring race. Right, right. So it's a big gap in, in what my family calls LFTs, your look forward tos. So when you don't have anything to get jazzed about or really dig your heels into, it can, uh, the, the silence can, can be deadly. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a well-curated fart. Like a really <laughs> special fart. Um, so uh, I, I don't... I usually use the words radical self-love, but for some people, they get all giggly when they hear that because they think a dirty thought. Um, <laughs> Although that can be a part of self-love yeah, as well. If you need to chill out, that's an excellent way to do so. But that's not what I'm talking about at all. Self-love, self-acceptance. I also kind of think uh, positive body image, positive... Uh, positive athlete image. Yeah. Because for some folks, they, they know they have an athlete's body but they worry that they're not the the super athlete that they could be so basically at any level people are second guessing like do i have the right body for this yeah am i the right person to be doing this am i good enough to be this and i should caveat because for some people the word positivity can be oppressive where it's like that it kind of feels like you need to be rainbows and stars and everything all the time and that's where that self-acceptance piece and that term I think is probably a little bit more all-encompassing but when I think of positive body image I just mean accepting where you are like your body and your brain um without again everything being perfect and rainbows oh yeah we don't need you to like (laughs) we need you to believe that you're that all bodies are good bodies but we're realistic about the fact that you're not, like, waking up like Amy Schumer after bonking her head on a spin bike. You're not like, oh, oh, hello, yes. yes. And if you are, God bless you. <laughs> you can turn it off now. You can turn this off you now. You can turn it off and switch back to your regularly scheduled home improvement programming. <laughs> um, so I think a big part of the danger of, uh, of self-loathing for me, and I'm going to come out and be super honest about this, is that... I have noticed that when I don't like myself or my body, I project that onto others in the way of contempt. So if I feel yucky, I look at other bodies and I'm like, ugh, God, like what a bitch or whatever. Like I put out some negativity into the world that is just actually jealousy. I I think, you know, I wish I had that body, so I have to send negativity into the world about that. Like I remember being in high school and my sister and I used to make these jokes when we would see runners we would be we would yell at them and be like what are you what are you running from or like we would throw cookies out the window at them like stop running and we had like this terrible contempt for runners and then i realized growing up eventually that like 
oh, I was just jealous because I wanted to be moving my body and I wanted to like my body. And I didn't, I couldn't engage in those feelings for another 20 years. Right. So it's and been I know a we've long had ex- time. And I know we've had experiences where we've gone to races and because you and I are usually in the same headspace, we'll be like, oh, that person doesn't seem like they like us very much or they don't seem very nice. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we'll leave either knowing that we were feeling insecure because of preparation for the event or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. or the other person had a lot of stuff going on or right. was coming off of maybe their own burnout or something like that. Or, or their this own was their self-loathing. First, right. Yeah. That is such a good point because there are definitely people that I've been like, I'm going to, I'm pretty comfy these days in myself and I'm going to like throw all the love at you I can. And so when I don't get it back, I get all like, oh, well, what a pissy person she was or he was or whatever. But really... If I think about it, I've done that as a result of my own lack of self-confidence and self-acceptance. And I need you to tell about your grandma's saying or what she told you in church while fussing with your... Yeah, yeah. So when I was 12 or 13, you know, you're like the center of your own universe when you're in, in like, uh, coming through puberty. Sure, When just when you're a teenager, you're the center of your own universe. Not now, as a grown adult. But you're so I'm not saying you, insula- I'm saying me too. I know, but you're so insulated and, and nothing, like, you haven't seen the world and how big it is and how big the world's suffering can be, so you're just like... True. James breaking up with me is everything. Right. So I was in church one day with my grandma Butler, and she saw me like repeatedly obsessively touching my bangs and like just ferociously like touching my hair every moment and really not you know not praying not really into the whole sermon and she said Lauren stop like everyone else is thinking about their own hair like no one cares what your hair looks like to me that's mind-blowingly simple and it is yeah it's very helpful if you can actually internalize that idea it, it it's real. No, no one cares. Like it, like sometimes I'm like, oh man, I got ketchup on my pants at work. I can't even walk down the hallway without. No one. No one notices. cares or notices. And like when you're at a race and you feel like everybody can tell how slow I'm going. Yeah. No. No. Not at all. They're thinking, oh my god, this is gonna be the hardest day of my life, or they're thinking, I'm so proud of myself that I even got here. They are so not worried about you. Um, Something that, so yeah, that was a little chunk of Grandma Butler wisdom, which is kind of uh, rare. But uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of Annie wisdom. Annie and I went to go see, what was the Amy Schumer movie called? Nope, neither one of us know, and we're not going to think about it. But anyway, Amy Schumer bonks her head and basically wakes up thinking that she... I feel pretty. I feel pretty. is beautiful. So as a result, perhaps as a result of this movie, or as just a result of constantly having a conversation about self-acceptance... Uh, we started this practice of just standing in front of the mirror and be like, I love my body. I love my body. I love my body. Like, there's definitely a rap that goes with it. There's a rap. You make up your own lyrics. So you can make up your own For rap. example, I love my body. I love my body. My hips, my butt, the way I smile. I love my body. I love my body. And I, for a period of time, just because I found myself thinking... I really don't like how my thighs look. Mm -hmm. I really don't like this part of my waist. And I thought, I really need to find, like, a way to nip this in the bud and replace Mm -hmm. it with something else. Mm -hmm. And the cure for me was, I shouldn't say the cure. It's always a journey. A coping mechanism? Yes, was to do my little wrap, inserting whatever thing that I, I, and saying, like, I love 
whatever, whatever pieces of my body. Yep. And it really helped to stop those negative loops of thinking where you just, mm-hmm. you may, you may not realize it until you tune into it where I, I would just find myself thinking like, I hate this part. I hate this part. Mm-hmm. I hate that that does that and that that looks like that and it doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. And to change that. Send an interrupter in. Yes. So you can be your own interrupter of a negative narrative that you are constantly expressing within mm-hmm. your own mind. And for me, I do the Amy Schumer, which is where I will get in front of the mirror naked and gasp and be like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh. And just be like, all right. Whatever, beautiful. Whatever belly this is, oh, I love this belly. Like whatever butt this is, oh my God, I love this butt. And at the very least, it interrupts my narrative and it makes me laugh. And sometimes I really believe it mm-hmm. because you can channel in these deep grooves of neural pathways where you have made a tunnel that is the I hate myself tunnel. And it is easy to jump into and stay into. So if you interrupt that narrative and make a brand new neural pathway and say, what if I just got really excited about how awesome I looked instead? I would highly recommend you test that out because for me, the results were shocking. Uh, It really changed the way I thought about myself. And I just, and I, I think there's an additional layer you can add as athletes where at least for me, for a while, I kind of disconnected the way my body looked to the, my performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to say, I remember when I was about to run across the years for me and my husband's 10th wedding anniversary. It was two days before, and I, I've never really talked about this component on the show before, but I will. Um, it was two days before across the years, and I found out that I'd gotten into Berkeley. And I thought, I will never talk bad about my legs again. Because I found myself thinking, I don't like that I have cellulite. I don't like how thick they are. And I found out I got into that race. I was just about to run 200 miles over the course of three days and win a race. Yes. And I just told myself, I will never talk badly about my legs again mm-hmm. because they have, they have brought me they to brought this. They brought me to this place. Yeah. How could I, if you had a friend that carried you a hundred miles and you were like, you're kind of ugly, <laughs> like that would be horrible. So would why would you do that to yourself or a part of right. what got you there? Right. Um, and I think it's really easy to separate parts of yourself from the whole to be like, you know, my, you know, my brain will, has the mental acuity to do what I ask. And, you know, I'm a hard worker and, Mm -hmm. you know, I train like I need to, but my knees are ugly. And it's like, your knees are part of that whole thing that brought you there. Yep. So don't like break it down into the pieces. All of it's you. Yeah. Like, and I, from that moment, like, I, I mean, that really used to be a common part of, that was, that was taking up a lot of real estate in my mental whatever space is thinking about how much I didn't like how my legs looked. Yeah. And it was what a waste. Yeah, what a waste. Like what a waste of energy. And also, even if you're just somebody who's listening to this, it's like all I want to do is be like the strongest, fastest runner I can. What a detractor from getting to your top performance by worrying about all this other bullshit. Also, you could end up at that spot being the best and fastest runner you've ever been and not have a body that's any different than it was before. I mean, a little, but I would say, even at the peak of my performance, I have been like, I still pretty much look like Lauren. Like, I don't look like a super athlete. I look like Lauren. Um, And 
you have, I mean, as, this is a, a great thing about ultra running is, you know, all different body types. And, uh, I, I just, that really clicked for me where I was just like, I'm, unless I quit my job and run twice a day and stop eating food, I'm not going to look, uh, like an elite athlete. So the body that you're in right now can be a top performer and, and maybe temper your expectations about what your body's going to, like your body might not change that much, even if your performance does. I think that's a really key, key thing to understand. And I feel like it's a booby trap to say, and this is running or real life, but we'll keep it in running where yes, there's definitely a correlation between having a lower body weight and being able to do faster times in that's just the short science, term, but in the short term, um, but in the long run, what does it cost you? Uh, whether it's shortening your athletic career because you don't feel like dealing with it anymore, but there's being a- constantly lethargic, yeah. not menstruating, yeah, feeling sick, yeah, feeling like you don't have energy to do anything but run, yeah, and can't give back to your family, friends, or job. But it's, a, I mean, it's completely a trap to think as soon as I obtain X body weight. Then I will be a fast runner. Right, and yeah. It, and it, that's, that's just not the case. That's like saying, as soon as I get to my goal weight, I will have my dream job and I'll be happy. Right, so I, I call this like the I'll be happy when the Barbie dream car problem, uh, which is like, I, I swear, I promise myself I'll be happy when I have the Barbie dream house, the brand new Kendall, and the Barbie dream car. And I swear I'll be happy then. And then you always add one more thing. And uh I used to do this all the time, and Annie checked me on it a few years ago, and it really, really changed my perspective on weight. I was like, I will be happy when I am this number weight on the scale. And Annie checked in with me when I was feeling not great about my body, and she was like, remember when you said that you would be happy at this weight? Well, you're at it. So what went wrong? And then I realized it it really is, God, it's that throwing the flag problem is just always a little bit more and always delaying your own self-acceptance, which is just, which is to say, I will be happy when I achieve this. So you really have to set goals and then take time to appreciate that you accomplished them. And I'm not saying that once you get to that place, you're golden and you never have to try again. It's a practice, just like everything else. You just have to get to these landmarks and just be the Buddha for a little while sit atop the landmark and be like, <laughs> look at what I have done. <laughs> you need to take time to appreciate meeting your goals. Absolutely. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, something really cool that I got to attend, which was the Wilder Retreat hosted by Lauren Fleshman, who was at one point in her career the, the fastest middle distance runner in America and an incredible advocate for uh, female athletes and just a just an incredible person in the running community. She uh, sort of orchestrated this program in which people would write down all of the the voices of their inner critic, and I think we must have passed them around or something so that it wasn't your own. I think you had a partner read it to so read that was yours a different exercise. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was one where you you're right. So you would hand it over and someone that you barely knew would read the thoughts of your own self-critic to you, which I have to tell you is one of the most emotionally difficult things that I, I have had to do because hearing that voice come out from outside your body and, and manifest in someone else's mouth is, is terrifying because it really gives you a mirror of what, 
a horrible person you're being to yourself. You're being a bad friend to yourself. Yeah. And the other thing that I learned from that exercise was that there were Olympians in that room. And their list was the same as my list. You're fat. You're slow. You're too old. You're not strong enough. You're not brave enough. And nobody likes you or thinks you're smart or funny. Like, that's a pretty all-encompassing all list for a mm-hmm. runner. That's it. That's the whole list. Like, I'm sure there are other big pinnacle ones, but th- that's it. Right. And there, are, there was not a person in the room that didn't say those things. So you have to consider that your self-critic is not a very fucking creative person. <laughs> Nor is it related much to reality. No. No. Because look at these women who are, you know... Uh, literally. Literally. Olymp- Olympians. Olympians. You know, literally running the steeplechase and and crushing and still thinking and still continuing to stay in that groove of the negative self-talk narrative that just... That, that neural pathway that's so well-worn that everybody jumps in it. I think it's time... And that's why I use the word radical. It's time to convince people to jump out of that. And this is a political thing for me because the society in which we live is a capitalist one and that encourages that N plus one feeling, that Barbie dream car problem, which is the I'll be happy when problem. And Instagram does that. Commercials do that. It's this idea that you're not allowed to be satisfied because then we can't sell you things. Right. And that's, I mean, I would, say, <laughs> I would say that's not as true in the ultra-running world. Like, if you open Ultra-Running Magazine, it's not like, you suck, asshole. It's very much like, would you like some fancy sunglasses? Yeah. It, or it's a little bit, I'd like to think it's a little bit more like, you can run in uh, your shoes from Walmart yes. and drink water out of a syrup bottle, yeah. but you might have a better time if you don't. I do Maybe. think it's a little less, less toxic than other environments, which I really appreciate about ultra-running. But I do have, uh, because we had talked about influence of, like, Instagram and comparison mm-hmm. and how that can, mm-hmm. you know, things like Strava can be great or terrible, depending on what your personality is like. Instagram where, you know, and I do this too, where you see nothing but pictures of people in these wild locales, mm-hmm. you know, doing these incredible races, you in know, being at, the top, at the edge of a mountain. being at the top of mountains and, like, you know, we can talk about body stuff as well as uh, just running stuff and being like, well, I'm just doing, like two miles around my neighborhood it's boring why do I live in Ohio <laughs> you know you know what I mean yeah like, the FOMO. And that, yeah and that just mm-hmm. that idea of being like if I was a more adventurous person if I were braver yeah. like no yeah. you can be an awesome major hard ass in Ohio I mean uh, because this podcast is about self-love and self-acceptance I would like to say Ann Lang and I are two people that sharpen the goddamn blade in the most <laughs> depressing place on earth, which is Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> it was great. We was love. Snowy. We have love for this city too, but we there, do. for run stuff, it it's can rough. be uninspired sometimes. It can be flat, gray, ugly, muddy, twisty, and turny. But you can also become a a, a pretty tough athlete here. Maybe that's like the tagline of this episode. It's like. You are a beautiful badass, man or woman, just as you are, as and you, are. you will be what, however you become. <laughs> That's the essence of Mr. Rogers, man. He, <laughs> he had it. He knew what was up. We sound like we were doing this episode stone. <laughs> <laughs> Kombucha and bong ribs. Whoa. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I know I touched on the Instagram comparison thing. I think comparing yourself to other athletes in general can be uh, problematic. Mm -hmm. I think uh, one of the phrases I like a lot that I've heard credited to several people, so I'm not going to quote who said it, um, but what other people think of you is none of your business. So I love that. So not comparing, not falling into that trap of uh, aspiring to be someone else. Yeah, yeah. Aspire to be a better, the best you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've definitely fallen into the trap where, like, I have this image that's sort of a mish, um, like a mashup of several people that I want to be, and like, uh, you you know what I mean? Uh Like, I've got a couple people on Instagram. This is not right now, but in the past, like, people on Instagram, like, okay, well, I really want her hair and her abs, and I want to like wear those cute knee high socks, which I can't do, (laughs) and I want to wear those cute booty shorts, and I want to be like a girl. Who wears, you know, I want to be the girl who's in the top three, and I want to, like, always be standing at the top of a mountain with the sunset behind me and my adorable dog that just follows me everywhere. Bleh! I only say bleh because I'm jealous. Yeah. And if we're all aspiring to be other people, who's who's out there being them? We need yeah. more us, not yeah. more otherness. Yes, I agree. So, do you have more self-love stuff? Because I was going to... Um, I think, you know, being aware of your thoughts, you know, when you're not accepting yourself, you're more threatened by other people. Yes. Yes. I think that's absolutely a, a big problem. I, I feel like when when you don't like yourself, everyone is, is looking at you like they hate you. It, I mean, we, what did we call that? Uh, imaginary audience? Yeah. Which is a tenant of aesthetic realism if you're interested in scouring the internet for something weird today. Um <laughs> But this idea, uh, it's it's the Grandma Butler idea. It's this idea that everyone's way more concerned about themselves to be paying attention to what you're doing. But yeah, that that's definitely helped me put perspective on, on like, just go be my weird, silly self. Oh, I would like to say one thing about body image where I feel lucky. Because um, I don't always feel lucky in this area. I struggle a lot. Um, but that's that when I am running... I don't think about it. I don't. Even if my belly's hanging out of my pants because my drawstring flew out a mile ago, I don't think about it because I am really in my groove. I am in my zone. Uh, I just, in a place without mirrors, I can totally be me. I really feel like the, the mirror is my own critic where I'm like inspecting and worrying. But if I'm out in the woods running... My body's doing the thing I need it to do. And and I'm I'm impressed by it and I feel one with it. I mean, you guys heard last week with Showblow, I have these moments where I'm like, well, I'm perfect now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm perfect. And I believe it. I believe it. And even if my body doesn't match up to what image I have, I feel so strong when I'm out there and I'm running and I don't want to puke or something. I, I feel so connected with all the muscles and bones in my body, and I just feel like it's doing it. It doesn't need to be anything else. Whatever it is, it's fine, because it's fucking doing it. And that's one of the things I've always... In, one of the key things that I like about running is it's one of the few times that I feel truly present when I'm not thinking mm. about mm. what I should become or chastising myself for mm. what I have done. It is just being in the moment, in your body... Using it the way that you want it to. I mean, I don't think I spend any other time in my life more 
in the moment. And I think that's the, uh, that's the quintessential mindfulness where you're just doing and thinking about and participating in what's happening right now. I, I don't get that anywhere else. And that's probably a big part of the reason why I got totally hooked on trail running is that it's just a place to roll around in the juiciness of the human condition. I thought you were going to say roll around in the dirt. I'm like, yeah, roll that around too. in the dirt. We've definitely done that. Uh, that really super hot day at Bobcat when you fell in the mud, we ended up all sitting in yep. the mud to make you feel better. Yeah, that's good. All got our butts dirty. <laughs> so that's definitely part of it. Um, but yeah, I feel lucky that I that I can let that go. It's always been like that camp place for me. Like when I was a kid, I would go to camp and I would be like, come home looking like Lord of the Flies because I didn't, there were no mirrors in the cabins and the mirrors in the bathrooms were like, you know, plastic and nailed into a wall. and Piece of aluminum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my dad used to call those Hoofrauer mirrors. <laughs> um, so I didn't know who I looked like and I just felt like me and I was doing the things I wanted to do with my people. Oh man. And that's one of the things I think is most amazing. Like when you settle into being cool with who you are that's when you get to have the most fun. Oh like, man, the silliness oh. abounds. If you can, if you can stop spending time on negative self-talk, worrying about what others are thinking of you, it frees up a lot of brain space to just be like, "What that other person is doing is cool. Yes. What I'm doing is cool. I like that I'm able to do this." Yes, I agree. Um, that actually makes me think of uh, a new friend. Brian Ashworth, who I met at the Columbus Blue Jackets 5K. I mean, talk about a dude who is in touch with his inner silliness and just total willingness to, like, be silly for the sake of fun. Like, I show Unbridled up, enthusiasm. There's nothing favorite better. There's nothing better. We like it more than ice cream. But, yeah, I saw him... Uh, getting ready for the race across the room is wearing a hockey helmet, which was like my ultimate goal for the day was to show up in a hockey helmet holding a hockey stick. And my husband was like, please don't do that. I don't want you to touch my hockey helmet. Because <laughs> it's a real one. Because <laughs> it's a real one. But I was like, that guy. And he was like, oh my God, burf barf. And, I, and then my brain exploded. Um, but yeah, uh, talk about unbridled enthusiasm and just like willing to be silly. Like that... That's the kind of people I want in my in my group, you know? That's the kind of people I want around me. If you're the kind of guy who's always making a stink face, who is, like, turning, you know, a side eye at people who are having a silly good time, they just wish they could. They would just wish they yeah. knew how. They just wish they knew how to let it all go. I think it's an old Wazelle campaign, so I'm ripping it off a little bit, but the whole idea of, like, get in here, we love you. Get in here, we love you. It's permanent. It's always on their website. But, man... That's so that's so juicy and true. Yeah, if you want to come be your weird self, you get in can here. get in here. We're do we're doing yeah. it. Do it with us. Come as you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, self love. Self love. That's just what I want to talk about today because it's been on my mind. Yeah. So so you're a beautiful badass, and yes, you're you great are. the way you are, and the way and the way you're going. Yeah. Because <laughs> one of the things we've talked about before, and kind of a good segue is, uh, as an athlete, accepting where you are can sometimes feel like, but how do I get to my goals? And trying to marry up those two concepts. And, you know, loving where you are and being okay with where you are does not mean that you can't aspire or work towards something different. Yes, that's a big point. Yep. I think it's the difference between saying, 
when I get there, I will X versus mm-hmm. saying what I am, exactly how I am right now is fucking rad. Yes. And where I'm going is fucking rad. Yes. I think that's the difference. I This brings up a very good point that I'm noticing for the first time as somebody who's actually been finally like running for maybe like five years. I mean, I've been running for like probably 10 years, but I've been running seriously for five years and I... I'm finally getting into the ebb and flow of season and off season and not panicking when I back off. It's like, no, my body's not ruined. No, I'm not the beautiful snowflake that I was during my 100-miler season. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not a disgusting creature. I still look like Lauren. I just have 10 more pounds on me and I sleep more. Like, I'm getting back into, I'm getting into that groove where I'm like, be calm. You will always be an athlete because you desire to do this. And if as long as your body will let you, you will. So you're going to go back to it. Calm down. Excuse me while I break into song. It's the time of the season for loving. (laughs) Oh, man, I love that piano solo. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, what were you saying? This is the most serious we've been for an elongated period of time. So I think we had to break out the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That seemed relevant to me. But yes, loving the ebb and flow too. Yeah. And and really like this is the first season ever that I've been like, hey, I'm going to have a good time and then I'm going to get back to work. And that's actually what I did. And I don't feel bad about it for the first time ever. And you know what's funny is your trajectory is probably not all that different or if anything maybe improved than if you had a typical season of... I gained weight over the holidays. Now I'm going to punish myself as I get back into training. Yeah. You don't... And it hasn't felt like a punishment. It's basically like I let myself sleep in and by a reasonable time I decided I'm going to get up. It just worked. It just worked. It was just like one day I was like, I would like to work hard now. That was fun, but I would really like to work hard. Like last week was my first very intense training week for the upcoming race. Uh, and I was just like, God damn it, I love this. And it was just so nice. The segway is happening now. <laughs> Come along. <laughs> it's time to change to talking burnout. Burnout. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas previously, my cycle was burnout, crash, feel terrible, start over with punishment. And instead, it was taper down, race, give myself some chill time, and then excited to join the the running world again. So you don't have to slam into all these walls to make it through the other side. And I think this is pretty, I mean, you can look at super, super elite runners and they have similar cycles. Like I'm even like Killian who switches between running and cross country skiing. And he's talked before about, you know, he does that so that when it comes time to run again, he's excited he wants to run. To. Yeah. And by the time he's done running, he's excited to be skiing again. And I mean, you're talking oh, about in the like right place. I know. So I mean, you're talking about somebody who is at I was going to say the top tier, his own tier, talking about managing his interest in the thing that he loves and is super good at and still needing to be conscientious about hey, this is something that I have to kind of guard my passion yes. for. 
That is actually one of the seven habits of highly effective Killians. <laughs> Sneakers. <laughs> Sneakers. Sneakers. A one bottle of water and a very good off-season. Be on the mountains for eight hours, so I take uh, yeah. one sneaker. Give or take. One sneaker is about. Sneakers. That's pretty much all he needs. Uh, Talk about yeah. a fueling plan. <laughs> so... If Killian Journey needs to alternate activities to keep his interest and passion aflame, we do too. You need to do more. You need to do that too. <laughs> you need more to be conscientious of that. And I, we really wanted to talk about burnout today too because I feel like I know a lot of people that are going through this. Yes. And I feel like it's hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? I feel like I've just come out of a spell of burnout where I... You know, because burnout doesn't necessarily mean I don't feel like running. It can be lots of different things. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. for me, one of the kind of symptoms of burnout was doing all my workouts and stuff, but not really taking any pleasure from it and it Uh, feeling like a second job, which, you know, I have a very intense sense of duty and doing everything that I'm supposed to do. More than anyone I've ever met in my life. (laughs) So it was like... If I need to do A, B, and C, I'm going to do A, B, and C. I'm probably not going to be all that mentally present for it. Yeah. But I'm going to knock out what I need to. But essentially end up phoning it all in. Right. Work. And, and just yeah. not deriving fun from it, you know, yeah. I'm, unless unless we have sponsored elite athletes, uh, professional athletes listening to this, which please, you God. don't exist. Please call us. <laughs> please call please us. Call Send us. us a postcard. Um, but for most of us, this is what we do for fun. Yes. And that's a good reminder. And granted, fun does not always mean silliness. You know, fun no. fun can be the time that you're taking for yourself. You know, fun can be getting healthy. Fun can be keeping your body working. It can be a lot of different things. But no one is forcing you to do this. Mm-hmm. And yep. I think I was almost forcing myself to do it. Even though it's a thing I love, it was really easy to get to just feel like I'm doing this because this is what I'm supposed to do instead of remembering this is a thing I like to do. Yeah. That's like my father reminded me when I was doing the bike tour across the United States when I was like, I want to die and come home. He was like, consider the luxury of a pain that you choose. You don't have cancer. This isn't your job. This is not something that's happening to you. You're doing it because you want to. What a luxury. So... Please stop complaining. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for for me, other things that I associate with burnout, and uh, I feel like burnout is a different side. Uh, let's see. What's the best metaphor I can use here? Mm, burnout is the other side of diligent training habits <laughs> in some aspects. So for me, like thinking about routine. So for me, part of me being successful up to this point has been doing everything I'm air quote supposed to. So having a routine of on Mondays, I do this on Tuesdays, I do this. And there can be pros and cons to having a routine. It can feel, it can get real stale. Um, And you know, I, I feel like I made it a long time. I made it, you know, like four and a half years without ever really skipping much or which is not a bad thing um but again I think when I look back at what kind of made me feel like bleh I think it was having a routine that I was not participating in yeah as far as like choice and engagement um and of course again the opposite side of of different things 
I feel like injuries can come from burnout and burnout can come from injuries. Yes, yes. Because it, well, for me, I know that I have the death shuffle when I'm like, I just need to finish my goddamn miles. Or I'm just going to go out and slog for 18 miles on a bike path. <laughs> yeah, just because I have to. And then, and I mean, we call them junk miles for a reason. Like, there are days when it's worth saying, my body doesn't want to do this and I'm not going to force it. Th- those feel dangerous in the beginning. Yes, they, feel they do. They feel very scary because you feel like the rug got pulled out from underneath you and you're like, well, now the entire house of cards will fall. But I have picked days where I'm just like, I can't. My body doesn't like it, and it would just be like throwing something against a wall. You know, it's not going to stick. And I feel like I've had enough experiences and seen enough people now that have not had the outcomes that they wanted, whether at a race or a training event, because of mental stress that, yeah. you know, I, I've learned that sometimes taking, taking a zero day and not doing the workout sometimes is even perform- performance-wise more advantageous. Yes. Like, I, uh, and you know, I think it goes in phases where right now I'm kind of like, if there's a day that I need to skip because my brain feels like exhaust is shooting out my ears because I'm just like going like, I need to go to the store. I need to do this. I need to pick up this. I need to make this. I need to make sure that I do this. Uh, I know that if I, if getting a workout in is going to make me lose sleep or if it's just like. You know, I'm just going to phone it in like hardcore. I know that it's going to be more beneficial to my race outcome yeah. to not do that day. Yeah. I That, that like, you That's know hard. that that tastes yeah. weird in my oh, mouth. Oh, yeah, you don't like that. You don't like that. But I think there's times for that, too. Like, we're in this off season. Mm-hmm. Not off season. We're not in our off season. We're kind of ramping back up. But I think there's, it's okay for some of the time to be a little bit more chill about wiggle room in your training plan. Oh, yeah. And then there's other times of the year, like this fall, and, you know, uh, where it's going to be like, I'm going to do every damn thing as hard as I can as I'm supposed to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping to do that for Hennepin. But, like, right now, strangely, and don't don't be mad at me, but I have the opposite problem because I just want to do everything so hard and it's Monday I don't run on Mondays (laughs) and I really thought about running today yeah and I was like do some yoga stretch out your legs and calm the fuck down because there's no benefit for you there to run all these junk miles because you like them if your goal is to be a good athlete I mean if my goal was just to be a runner and just a runner and nothing else I'd run today but my goal is to run a successful race so that's a that's a formula. So when you're feeling shitty, doing the hard workouts, and then when you're feeling amazing, not just go running for some like just because you want to. That was a big lesson learned from having Gelfi as a coach is that most workouts you should end wanting more. Yes. And that is really tough because when so you tough. feel good, you wanna you wanna go forever. You spend like, it all. Exactly. Yeah. And it turns out that spending it all every day, every week. Is not the not the key no. to success. And for me right now, I blame the soundtrack to Moana. Uh, <laughs> I really want to run as hard as I can into the ocean to the song of of, of her people. Uh, yeah, and oh my god, I'll just tell you, it calls me. Yeah, yeah, like that. Uh, I'll just I don't lest know. anyone say we're not family friendly. <laughs> I can't, I just have to tell you that, like, here's what's happening in my brain on the treadmill because I'm like, I'm not running outside, it's icy, and I hate this. I turn on the Moana soundtrack, and I'm warming up, 
and I'm warming up, and then I find a song that puts me in a groove, so I listen to it like seven times in a row. Good. And I just want to stay in this bubble where this fake world exists. Like, it's like being in the movie Avatar for me. It's like, oh, there's an alternate reality that's more beautiful than this one. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm on the top of like a volcanic mountain. That's floating. That the sun is shining, and I'm like coming down these switchbacks, and running doesn't feel like anything but flying. And like, and then I like jump onto the sand, and I run through the sand, and it feels like flying. And then I jump onto like a surfboard with a sail on it. Absolutely. And then, and then I carve through waves, and then I chuck that, and then I sail a sailboat, and then I hop on top of the mountain again, and I run to the top like it's nothing. And then I stand at the top with my hands on my hips while the sun sets. And this is all what happens in a four-mile run on a treadmill. Let the record show. This is how it feels when you are not burnt out. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever need to identify if you're burnt out. If you feel, as Lauren just described, at any time during any of your runs, congratulations. You're not burnt out. You're not burnt out. (laughs) I mean, I'm only saying this from the other side. With you knowing that I've been in the yeah. pit, you guys know me, I've been in the pit where I cared about nothing. Yeah. So let's talk about... Caring about nothing. Uh, we'll say curing burnout or preventing burnout. So a couple of things that have been helpful for us. So uh, believe it or not, y'all, there are other variations of running and or sports oh, that yeah? will provide some of the same return. Oh, yeah. uh, Trampoline and I, jumping? Yeah, trampoline jumping, jazzercise classes. Yeah. Um, I think when running doesn't feel like the fun thing that it used to or the thing that you enjoyed like you used to, doing something else that reminds you that you are still an athlete and get your body moving, I think can help kind of get the rust off. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, we all remember how hard it was to start running for the first time. Oh, my God. It's... It's more of a mental block than anything. I used to work at a gym. This is so cheesy. But we used to say the heaviest piece of equipment is the front door. Mm. And I think doing some kind of other endeavor that makes you feel, insert adjective, adventurous, fit, motivated, Mm -hmm. uh, inspired, whatever, can help make that front door not so heavy. Oh, yeah. Make that first step on your run not so heavy. Oh, yeah. For us, it's been orienteering. Oh, it's been so oh, fun. Orienteering Cincinnati, you have a hug. Yes, you do. It, <laughs> it is Against all odds, too. <laughs> it ends up being this in this sweet time of year that it's, you know, there's not much else going on, but there's still, like, a level of intensity and mental acuity mm-hmm. that just mm-hmm. is, like, a really sweet spot for us. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's an adventurous for us because a lot of it's off trail. The fact that we're driving to Cincinnati makes it more of like an event instead yeah. of kind of like yeah. slogging Feels from the house. Like a race, which yeah, it is. It is. It totally is. Um, and just being around people that are uh, similar nerds. Oh my gosh! Like so, the joy of community, whether it's ultra running, orienteering, stand up paddle boarding, whatever you're doing, the the people that we come across at these orienteering meets are so fucking stoked to be there it's so contagious yes it is and the mix of people that it is you know being exposed to other people like we see like the cutest couple that's out that goes out orienteers each weekend we see family like parents with little kids we see hardcore like europe track champions go out there and do it like it's just it's cool to be around people 
that are enjoying what they're doing. Yeah. It makes you want to enjoy what you're doing. It reminds you that there's a sense of community that has nothing to do with competition. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a a lovely feeling to have. Is it like sometimes people just go to the woods to have a good time, you know? (laughs) That's like whenever we're running in the summertime and people are (laughs) out on boats and we're like, why don't we, why why aren't we doing that? Why are we doing this? Why are we regular people who drink Coors Light, sit on coolers and fish and enjoy themselves. So with orienteering, I feel like we're watching the people that are walking their dogs on the sidewalk in the cold, and I'm like, I'm doing the more fun thing here. All yes. right. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, I think another thing to consider for burnout, and this is another, when I hear this on podcasts or read it in articles, I just want to like scream at whatever device I'm listening to, but going by feel. And okay, why why does that make you mad? Because when people say like listen to your body and it's like I don't know what the fuck my body is saying. Or your body's saying I hate running. I yes. want to go back to bed. I don't want to do anything. Many people's bodies are, right. are calling. So when I say going by feel, maybe I should say move by feel, which is if you literally just feel like doing 2 miles, do 2 miles. Yeah. If you feel like walking a bunch with your family, yeah, if you feel do like that. power walking, Yes. I did that for a while when I just, I couldn't, I, I felt like I couldn't run, but I wanted to move my body. I, I went out in my sports gear and I power walked and it wasn't for nothing. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, not going your hardest all the time, it can be very freeing. So like for me, like going to the gym and lifting weights, I, I'll go and be like, I, I don't have to be here for an hour and I don't have to get on the squat machine. Like I can go to the mat area and do some ab stuff, yeah. and do some adductors and cl- uh, clamshell my way to freedom, <laughs> and do that for 25 minutes or 20 minutes, and that's okay. That's a thing. It, it's, it's valuable. Yeah. There's value there. Yeah. And I know we just talked about not comparing ourselves to other, but we'll, we'll talk about comparing yourself to an imaginary individual. You're still doing better than somebody who is just sitting on the couch doing nothing oh yeah you've got a leg up on the world if you basically put shoes on when i hear what some of my friends do on a saturday and sunday my friends my board game friends who refer to themselves as um indoor cats they're listening and they're about to be horribly offended they are not (laughs) listening and if they are they know that i love them uh because i was an indoor cat for 30 years of my life i'm just a different cat now right (laughs) um Nope, it's gone forever. All right, goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, So, yeah, so going by feel and just kind of paying attention and being in your body and thinking, like, is this a thing that I like doing? Yeah. Like, what is a thing that sounds good to do? Yeah. And I think uh, even people who have races coming up in their calendars and, like, just can't get going, to your point about, like, power walking. Yeah. It, go do something. Yeah, just go do something. Go, go stand on the elliptical. Yeah. It, because, and sometimes that, that like, overwhelming panic of, like, I should start doing something, I should start doing something makes it harder to start you, doing yes, something. Do yes. something. You know, an object in motion stays in motion. Yes. Just, just, just get inch that a ball, little. Inch that ball forward. Just a little bit. And just find ways to inject joy into your into your activities. Like, for me, oh, one of the greatest things that I've ever learned from Annie's dad, which is probably terrible wisdom, is that if everything feels bad, go faster. Yes. <laughs> and that really has worked like for that, me. Yeah. That has worked for me where I'm like, I can't get into this run. My body feels crispity crunchity and like it just is not flowing. 
I'll just turn. I've been on the treadmill so much this season. I'm sure it shows. I'll just turn up the treadmill to 8.5 and be like, let's fucking slap some clown shoes on this bitch. <laughs> Send the belt flying and yeah. freak out all the people yeah, around whatever. me. Just drooling and snotting on all of my community members. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, well, running at 5.2, which is what I'm at, feels better than that. So I'll just ease it back on down and then, her- hey, here we go. I feel okay here now. Mm-hmm. This feels nice. So maybe better than saying, like, move by feel would be just do something different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or, I mean, just, just find ways to inject j- joy into what you do. For me, it's like I wear uh, pants silly pants like we I, I'm like I really don't feel like running and then I'm like ooh Annie got me those pants that have trees on them and they're cute I'll wear those and then I'll feel super sassy and it'll actually get me out of the house dumb shit like that actually works for me oh man I, you guys are gonna start seeing me at different things and just be like I don't know what she's doing <laughs> I'm just like leaning more into I'm gonna wear whatever I want mm-hmm. and whatever I feel like yeah. if that's a if that's a big long wig mm-hmm. if it's like purple eyeshadow across my nose if it's like it's glitter on my butt if true it's, fashion is what, a matter of personal style if it's I, like just do the thing that you want to do Oh god. Do the thing I'm so you want to do. So excited to be yeah. even more me this year than I was last year. It's going to get so good and weird. And we might have an opportunity to be our fabulous weird selves if you would just nominate us for the Catula Trans Rockies race competition. We know this episode so far has helped you, and now we're asking that you help us. That's the sound of the music that you usually fast forward through because now you know that it's the time for advertisements. This is not one. We're just saying, if you like us, go to the Burf Barf page or go to the Burf Barf Instagram and uh, find the link for uh, the Catula Trans, so it, it's a company that makes micro spikes and some other running gear. Oh, for, for It's very cool stuff. And this is not this is not just a plug for the giving us an entry because it has nothing. It doesn't mean squat, but like, so Catula makes micro spikes, which are the best winter running gear yes. for your feet ever. Yes. So they're yes. actually little tiny micro spikes that allow you to run on ice and snow, mm-hmm. as my entire family did going down in the Grand Canyon for yeah, New Year's. Totally so, valuable piece um, of equipment. So uh, every, each year for the last five years, Catula has offered a spot in the Trans Rockies race, which is a six-day stage race in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, um, offered a spot to a two-man team. Uh, the Trans Rockies race is a two, two-man team effort. You're only as fast as your slowest man. Woman. And, um, and I mean, I don't know what... Uh, it's a party. What format could possibly fit us better? I don't None. know. None. And also, just their general vibe as a company. Uh, when I watched the video of the guys who won two years ago, they're basically the male version of us, and I we would really like to be their friends if they're listening. Um, we just watched, uh, you know, them drinking beer, dressing up as yetis, dancing naked through the mountains. This is our very lifeblood. <laughs> so, <laughs> unbridled enthusiasm, silliness, while costumes. doing a hard thing. There are, there are a few things that I like more than... Being outside mm-hmm. while exerting myself physically while also intaking alcohol. And wearing a costume. Mm-hmm. Those are all your favorite things. Mm-hmm. I know, because now know, they're mine. You know, I haven't, I haven't added being in a costume to that list. I really should, it's because true. that's vital to me. It's so true. because I vital to me. I have already been dreaming up all six days of oh, our gosh. potential Trans Rockies costumes. Oh, my God. Okay, so please nominate us please if you would like us. to see us in six different outfits 
over the course of six days through the it would bring the, us through the Rockies. So much joy. And as middle class Americans, we're not the kind of people that could afford to do a race like this. For me, it would yeah. be more. It would be all of the trips that I would plan for an entire year, probably plus five hundred dollars. Yeah, the entry fee can be a little bit prohibitive because it's an all-inclusive event. We're so not the, not we're not rocking yeah. on Trans Rockies race for its cost. We know yeah. what it takes logistically to set up safety and tents, moving your stuff in the mountains, luxurious shower trailers. Yeah. We're yeah. not rocking the price. We see the value of it. We're just not people that can afford it. Yeah. So we've, we've gone off burnout, but I think it's important to, 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 to like fully close out this Catula nomination for trans Rockies. So we will put the link to the nomination form, uh, in our Instagram, uh, profile, as well as a link on Facebook. Um, and if you would use burfbarf at gmail.com for the nominations, cause you actually have to do a short blurb for us. Um, so it's not as easy as just clicking the button. So the people that write a nomination, also you are real thank fans. You. Thank you to the over 50 people that have already let us know via Facebook that you've sent in nominations for us. We so appreciate we you. We cannot say how much that touches our hearts. It's we been were very floored. humbling. Like, we were floored. I, I mean, I, it took a lot for me to write a nomination myself, you know? <laughs> that's, that's just the way Annie rolls. And I'm already like writing a... An or- orchestral piece about how awesome we are. <laughs> the ninth movement will it's change so funny from day five to day six. The things that you're confident about and the things that I'm confident about, yeah, it's, it's so glad. Well, well this oh, is why we would be such a good trans rap right? team, because my strengths and your weaknesses That's are right. not one and the same. It's what Geekus calls the core competencies. Yes. I have things that you don't have, and you have things that I don't have, and uh-huh. together we can get lost in the woods in the middle of the <laughs> together, night. Together, we're one person. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. <laughs> But yeah, just so take a 90 degree turn and wander off out of the park boundaries. Yes. So if you can nominate us, we'll do something special if we win. I don't know what it is, but it'll be something special. Of course Besides it a six-day be. costume, but... Of course. Um, yeah. Uh, so we've talked about uh, self-love. We've talked about burnout. Those were our really important things for today. We've talked about nominating us for <laughs> Trans Rockies. So, sorry also, about that plug, Also dude. very important, as usual... If you could review, like, subscribe on the wherever you get your podcast, it helps other people find our podcast, which uh, if for no other reason, uh, bump, having more people that listen to this and bumping out to y'all in public is one of the most humbling things that either yes. one of us has, have experienced yes. and just making a difference for even just one person yes. is is worth all of this. It is. And obviously, we don't have sponsors. We don't have commercials. We don't do this for we money. We don't have a microphone. We don't have a microphone. <laughs> Cassie was telling us to get. We have a fleece blanket and a telephone. <laughs> I would like to imagine the... Because pe- I'll hear... I want my- you guys to picture us with yeah. headphones yeah. on. Like no, this, no. I was going to say... I feel Howard like, Stern show I feel like here. other people, other podcasts will talk about their simple setup and then I look and I'm like, oh my God, that's a boom. Like, that's yeah. their camera oh, guy. Your simple setup has a board with a bunch yeah. of knobbies on it? Literally uh, an iPhone on top of a fleece blanket. Yeah. So, and we're not too ashamed to tell you that. Yeah. So we're but not yes. doing this to be fancy. But we're, the benefit for us is unity. Is connecting with y'all. Yes. Connecting like, and, and understanding. Basically, this is a podcast about the human condition. <laughs> Yes. We're going to change the category. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Lifestyle. if our audience that found us through like self-help would be yeah. would be in the same category. No, they might not like no. us. 
But yeah, really, that's, that is why we do it. We do it because it unifies us and it helps us understand that we're all after the same thing and we all have the same fears. Oh, man. And we're, we're so much more alike than we think we are. We and we're are. all awesome. You're all beautiful badasses you are now all and then. Beautiful badasses. And we love you. <laughs> A- amen. <laughs> Catch you next time. <laughs> Bye.